Join me and 10 other women for an incredible all-inclusive five-day healing retreat. This retreat was made for you if you want to be surrounded by loving, non-judgmental women and be guided to overcome your triggers and your insecurities so that you can fully step into your potential. Don't just take it from me. One attendee said that the retreat was more powerful for her than the last 10 years of therapy. Yes, you heard that right. 10 years. Now, I've just opened the doors to the priority list, and when you join the list, you will be the first to know when the doors open to sign up for Bravecation. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes to be added today. Hi, I'm Dr. Steph, and I'm here to guide you on your journey to healing from a difficult relationship with your mother. Whether she was narcissistic, emotionally immature, or just plain toxic, I want you to know that you are in fact not broken and you do not have to suffer from anxiety or explosive emotional reactions like lashing out. You can break the cycle. You are a strong, capable woman who can handle any challenge that comes your way. And I'm going to show you how to have the ultimate control over your reactions so that you are unstoppable. Welcome to the Broken to Brave podcast. Happy Tuesday. I hope that your summer is off to a wonderful start. We have a few family plans this summer that I'm really looking forward to. And today, what I want to talk to you about is emotional immaturity, what that means and where it may be present in your life, especially if you identify as someone who feels broken at times and has a narcissistic or toxic mother. But before I jump in, I want to share some exciting news with you. By the time that you listen to this episode, I will have finished welcoming in all of our new founding members into Brave Breathwork. This program is truly revolutionary and one of the most powerful yet simple tools to recalibrate your nervous system and regulate your nervous system on demand. And when I say on demand, I mean it. And I just want to be fully transparent here. If you would have asked me about breath work um, earlier in my career, probably even as recently as a year ago, no, two years ago. Yes. Trying to get the timing right there. I would have been like, oh yeah, take deep breaths while I'm angry. That's not what we're doing in this program. Anyways, I I will spare you the details right now, but um, I'm excited because I'm sending each of the founding members a gift in the mail. And I don't know if I'm the only one here, but I just get so excited when I get a package in the mail. And I'm also sending them a printed workbook and an HRV sensor, which will be used to identify their Goldilocks breathing rate. So we determine the rate that you need to breathe to regulate your nervous system based on your HRV. And in case you're thinking, okay, but what the heck is HRV? I'll give just a quick recap. Uh, A high HRV is what you need to thrive under pressure, to remain centered in triggering situations, to quickly recover from stressful situations, and um, more effectively even fight health conditions like depression, heart disease, cancer, and the list goes on and on and on. This is probably the most powerful number that you 
may have never heard of. And if this piques your interest and you wanted to be added to the waitlist to be notified first the next time we open the doors to the program, all you have to do is go to www.brave-method.com slash waitlist, and you can click the link directly in the show notes if that's easier for you. Okay, so let's get back to what I was saying a minute ago. I've had several of you reach out to me and ask something along the lines of, okay, I, Steph, I don't think I have a narcissistic mother, but I totally resonate with basically everything that you're talking about. I'm confused. I've gotten that question from multiple of you in, you know, various ways, but that's essentially a recap. And I'm really glad that you're asking this question. And I do have a few thoughts. And I know I'm saying all of this before I actually dive into what emotional immaturity means. So just hang with me for a few minutes, okay? So three thoughts that I want to start with. First, for the purpose of your healing and your growth journey, it really doesn't matter whether you had a narcissistic, emotionally mature, or toxic mother. I'm not here to blame because doing so really isn't going to help you show up as the best version of yourself. All blame will do is keep the focus on her. And if you want to heal, and I mean really heal, we've got to take the focus off of her. Now, does understanding and that that your mother showed up that way give context and help you feel seen and understood? Absolutely. But in terms of healing, we want the focus on you. Second, um, what I want you to know is that if you identify as someone with a narcissistic, emotionally immature, or toxic mother, I understand. Truly, I get it, and I can, and I will help you so that you do not turn into her. And then third, the same outcome can occur through different experiences. So let me elaborate on this for just a minute. What I hear over and over again when I host my four-day all-inclusive retreats is, you know, like, I don't feel alone anymore. And what the attendees are picking up on is, although we have been through different circumstances, different struggles, different challenges, how we feel and the problems that we face overlap to a large extent. And if you pause and think about this, this principle, you know, happens everywhere in our lives, whether it's in a work situation or not. Like there are a number of ways, number of paths to reach the same outcome. So that's true here. Every human has felt a few things. Well, many things, <laughs> especially if they allow themselves to. But I'm going to talk about just a couple. I'll give you a list. Every human has felt embarrassed, ashamed, unloved, incompetent, unimportant, helpless, worthless, ignored. These are universal experiences. So when you feel this way, what I want you to know and to remind yourself of is that you are not alone. This is the human experience, to be here for all of it, to feel all of it, the good and the not so good. And when we're regulated, it can seem relatively easy, or maybe not for some others, but to to say and to feel like, yes, I'm here for all of it. I'm going to 
feel all my emotions. And then once we are, we just want out. So what if, what if you let go of resisting what's happening? What if you let go of resisting feeling the negative stuff? And I'm going to give that list again, just I know I kind of blew through it the first time. All humans have felt embarrassed, ashamed, unloved, rejected, incompetent, unimportant, helpless, worthless, and ignored. So what if the next time that you feel one or more of those things, you allow yourself to sit with it and don't try to make it stop? If you've listened to previous episodes, I've talked about um, control. When we try to control in this way and make it stop, it actually makes it worse. So, okay. I would love to know how this is landing with you, if this is resonating, what questions are coming up. So of course, send me a message on a DM on Instagram. And I, I think we're on the same page now though. So I'm going to keep rolling. What is emotionally immature? You can think of emotional maturity on a continuum where that you can be, you know, high, low, or anywhere on that continuum rather than like two buckets. So what I'm not referring to is like you either are emotionally immature or you're not. You're somewhere on a continuum and so is everyone else in this world. And so the goal is to continually work to move higher on that continuum It really is a journey, like that saying, you know, goes. It's a journey. I'm so I'm gonna share with you 10 signs of emotional immaturity. And what I want you to do is I want you to not just listen to this list and think of all the people that you know that show up this way. I want you to use this list as a time to self-reflect as well, because you're here listening to this podcast to heal, to become the best version of yourself. So ultimately what is going to be most useful for you is to look for ways to improve yourself. And you may not list, you know, resonate with everything in this list. That's totally fine. But if you ask yourself like, okay, is there even a 1% chance that I show up in these ways occasionally, you will be doing yourself a major, major favor to allow yourself to know that and to see that. So, and then really the next step is obviously like what steps are you going to take to become more emotionally mature? First, though, you have to allow yourself to see if you are showing up in this way or not. So here's two signs or 10 signs <laughs> Two that would be simple, like real quick pop podcast episode stuff. Okay. <laughs> 10 signs. Someone who is emotionally immature may struggle to accept criticism, constructive feedback, or learn from it. So this struggle is, you know, basically not allowing themselves to know that that this is true. Maybe they get defensive in response. And the more that you accept all parts of yourself, including those not so shiny parts, the more easy it will be 
to hear the criticism for what it's what it is. The less likely you may fall into catastrophizing because you can hear it and okay, I hear that feedback and I can take steps into making improvements. And if as you hear me saying that you're like, "Wow, yeah, that's the ideal, but how the heck do I do that?" That is a big thing that I work with clients on to guide you through that exact process. Um, Someone who's emotionally immature may appear to only care about themselves. So they may have people saying you are selfish or either to their face or behind their back. Um, They may blame others when things go wrong. So they're not taking accountability. They're not showing up and seeing their part in the equation. They may also struggle to put themselves in someone else's shoes or to relate to others. And so in that way, the world is kind of revolving around them, similar to how it does for a child. But obviously, you know, a child out of the womb, the world does revolve around them and they learn over time. They have the opportunity to learn over time to become more emotionally mature and put themselves in other shoes and show empathy. And so that may be lacking for someone who is emotionally immature. Um, They may also lie rather than having a difficult conversation. Difficult conversations are the, hands down, the most common things that I work with clients around. For most people, they never learn, we never learn, how do you have a hard conversation? in a way that you're going to walk away from that conversation and feel good. And so I love taking people by the hands and showing you exactly how to do that. Difficult conversations can be really triggering for people. It can bring up a lot of fear about rejection and what ifs, and I've already tried it. And like, it's not going to do any good anyways, if I say something. So very easily, people can fall into lying rather than having that conversation. That is a sign of emotionally immature. All right, so what else? We're about halfway through our list. Someone who is emotionally immature may act in unpredictable ways, such as saying things without thinking about how they are going to affect those that they are speaking to. And you may, like, let's say that you interacted with somebody like this before. You may be like, you know, it's a totally different person from one day to another. I don't know what to expect. Sometimes she's like this, sometimes she's like that. And so it's completely unpredictable. Another thing that could pop up is brushing things under the rug rather than apologizing for their part in conflict or misunderstanding. So the most emotionally mature thing to do is to talk about what happened, to take ownership for my part, to apologize for my part, and not just to brush it under the rug and hope people forget about it. Another common thing is um, denying their role in a conflict. And so this goes along with some of the things that I've already shared before, but it can be easier in the moment for those people to deny their role rather than to take accountability and take ownership. Something else that may pop up is taking steps to put the focus on them, even in situations where the person 
um, they're speaking to is sharing something difficult that they're going through. Like imagine somebody talking about like something hard that a, a challenge in childhood or a current challenge and the person that they're speaking with makes it about them. That is super common and is a sign of emotionally immature um, immaturity. And so to the extent that this happens a lot, there may be more emotionally immaturity than um, in situations where it's happening not so much. And uh, another thing that could be coming up is criticizing others in harsh or uncalled for ways. And this can even look like bullying. And then finally, the last one is um, maybe just letting others care for them rather than being self-sufficient. Now, it's not bad to allow others to take care of you in certain ways, but I mean in in ways that you would expect an adult to take care of themselves. Maybe there's, you know, leaning to maybe a more severe case is like still living with a parent or caregiver or somebody rather than being self-sufficient. Okay, so after hearing this list, you may have a better idea of if you are showing up as emotionally immature or where you're showing up as emotionally immature. And you may have a better idea if your mother showed up as emotionally immature in childhood and if she still is today. And ultimately, I do this work to guide others to heal and become more emotionally mature so that you can show up as your best self. Um, But what I want you to know, I want to be transparent with you. I still have moments where I do not show up in completely emotional, mature ways. And that's because I'm human and that's okay. So if you're like, oh my gosh, like actually can relate to quite a bit of these I know it's cliche, but I'm going to say give yourself some grace and you have an opportunity to take accountability and to take next steps so that that is less and less true for you. So that the goal is really to to show up in that way less frequently and to recover quicker. Okay, so you can see, though, how easy it is for negative patterns to be passed from one generation to the next generation. What we are exposed to by our caregivers, by our parents, plays a large role in how we show up until you choose to make the empowered choice to break the generational cycle. And if you've been hanging around for a while on my Instagram or even now through these episodes, you know that I am all about breaking generational cycles so that you can show up as your best self and so that your children can too. I used to hear messaging over and over again that life sucks and then you die. What if that is not true? What if there were very concrete steps that you could take to feel good about yourself, to feel proud, to feel alive, to feel happy, thriving, and unstoppable? Life does not have to feel this hard. And I am so happy that you are here. Thank you for listening. Send me a DM on Instagram and let me know what resonated with you today and what questions you have. I will catch you next Tuesday. 
Thank you for listening today. If you're ready to heal so that triggering situations no longer control you and so that you can feel empowered, brave, and thrive in any situation, DM me the word brave on Instagram and I'll send you a training where you will learn three of the most common mistakes driven women are making that are keeping them stuck in negative emotions and what you can do instead.